Good evening and welcome to the ME7 podcast. Yeah, Christmas is nearly upon us then. I hope you've done all your Christmas shopping. Um, I basically have, um, which, to be honest, that's early for me. Matt Olsen, good evening, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, I've uh, <clears throat> pretty much done all my Christmas shopping. Uh, it's just the last few uh, cookery bits I've got to buy in. I, I'm I'm in charge of desserts this year. Oh, are you? What are you gonna uh, yeah. What are you gonna go for? Okay, I'll, I'll tell you two of them. Uh, one is a very simple Nutella and uh, sorry, Nutella and puff pastry um, recipe. Very simple, couple of layers of puff pastry with Nutella spread between, baked in the oven, twenty minutes, hundred and eighty degrees. Oh, gorgeous! Cut them up into shapes if you want to. Uh, but the other one <clears throat> is a uh, lotus biscoff cheesecake. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I am, I am, I am, I am doing another special one. I can't mention it just in case the wife hears, but she doesn't know about this one. But let's just say it's one that only adults could enjoy. Oh God, I don't. We don't need to go any further that conversation, do we? <laughs> <laughs> but what what I do vote is that Matt Olson brings his own um his own cooking shows on it to the NBC Seven podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I don't see that taking off. As, as much as, you know, we, we want to try and get the clicks and all that, I, I don't think that's going to take off. <laughs> anyway, um, let's get on to more important matters. Um, obviously, the deals do travel to Forest Green uh, tomorrow evening, not Saturday for anyone that might be confused. We, um, we travel to Forest Green, which is the start of, let's say, kind fixtures to the Jules. Um, I, I believe I read somewhere earlier the, today that we're playing three of the bottom four in our next fi- four fixtures. Is that right? Yeah, but I believe that's right. But uh, also, if you're looking at fixtures, don't look at the stats which say win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. Uh... Yeah, that's, that is the problem though, isn't it? Is that um, our record against these teams are nothing short of shocking. Um, Owen, good evening, mate. How are you? Yeah, very good, mate. How are you? Not bad, not bad mate. Not bad, not bad. Uh, yeah, we were just talk- on the topic of Christmas shopping. Have you completed it? I haven't even started, mate. Have you not? Who have you got, have you, <laughs> who have you got to buy for? <laughs> Everyone. I literally, I, I every- had a, I literally haven't had a day off in God knows how long. I'm working every day until Christmas, so... I don't have much time to sort it out. It's a bit too late for online delivery now, so people get what they get. And they like it. I was going to say, you, you miss the Amazon bandwagon. That's that's the best thing at the moment. It's just, it's my saving grace. The only, the only problem is I have to always get it delivered to a safe place in case the wife's in. What what are you what are you going to do then, Owen? I was going to say I'd get them cold, but I think you said I was getting tickets to the crawler game. Same thing, innit? Yeah, I would get enough. someone actually, and you, you'll, you'll agree with this. I'd get him a discount yeah. code or a voucher for Big Easy because, God, what a feast that was the other night. You probably would, to be fair, though. Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, fair enough. I'm, I don't think that's that bad a present, in all fairness. You could do that. There's your, there's your idea. Anyway, um, on to football because people are going to start leaving um, if we carry on. Um, yeah. Um, Stevie Clements obviously um, spoke in the week 
um, and and said that basically we can't look into the fact of playing three of the bottom three of the bottom teams in the next four games, um, and we basically basically got to make sure that we're we're right on it, whoever we're playing. Um, Owen, I know this is an absolute bugbear of yours. Is the fact of we we worry too much about what other people do apart from what we do. Um, and another bugbear of yours is that we can't seem to beat teams that are at the bottom half of the table. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why when I look at the fixture list I've got over the Christmas period, I see we're playing. I, you know, you'd normally get quite optimistic about that, but then knowing what we're like. It's hard to. I think two of them being at home helps, obviously. Not that Crawley are down there, but it's obviously a good opportunity to a team we should be at home, really. And Sutton, obviously, you know, losing 8-0 to Stockport. I know they've changed their manager, but still the squad's really poor. You'd back us to win that. You'd hope at home as well. Colchester away. Again, we do tend to have a record of they beat us at Priestfield, we beat them at their place. That's generally how that works. Same happened last year. Hopefully, same happened again this year. But... Again, it's the game tomorrow more than like Colchester, for example, that's worrying me because, you know, you look at the State Forest Green, they're in they're a really poor side. They've been down the bottom two with Sutton basically all season. They've got Troy Deeney in <clears throat> as a player manager. I don't think there's many good examples of where that's worked before. And he's never managed the team before and he's not really set the world alight since he's got there as a player. But all of these sound like negatives for Forest Green, but to me, saying them out loud just makes it sound like it's going to be a game there where we might turn up and, you know, the old saying, isn't it? They need a favour. Who better to turn up than us? Yeah, Matt, how are you feeling about it? How are you feeling about the next run of games? Um, obviously, yeah, like Owen said, we've got Forest Green, um, then we've got Crawley, then we've got Sutton, then we've got Colchester. Um, it's a kind run of fixtures, but like Owen points out on the fact of we've got a terrible, terrible record against these type of teams. Um but on the flip side of it is that if we manage to get through it where we get pretty much maximum points out of the next four games, we can propel ourselves right into a fantastic position. You see, obviously, I'm watching, I've been watching a few of the first green games recently for research from the other show that I do. And there was... The Forest Green aren't a terrible team, and if you look at their players, they've got some really good, experienced players in there. And I'll, I'll be honest, I, I do feel a bit worried because look, I know they lost two nil against. Um, I was going to say three nil, so it wasn't it against Blackpool the other day? They've had to do the trip, but like Owen said, it's generous Jill's turning up. Forest Green, new manager bounce. You know, I know he's probably going to have a day on the training ground with them, but they're going to be well up for it. And I don't know, I just. It worries me this next game. But again, if the Gillingham team that turned up against Charlton turn up against Forest Green, I don't care about the new manager bounce. It's just, it, I, it's a game I'm a bit wary about. And again, if you look on, if you go by the league table, yeah, we should be thumping them 5 6 7 nil. But look, they've had a new manager, and I said, you know, it's generous deals. If, if they turn up, and then Forest Green are going to get three points. But if that Jules team that turned up against Charlton, if they just turn up even for 45 minutes, that would be enough, I think, to, to knock that Forest Green down for six and take the three points back to Kent. Alternatively, though, just to counter that, I'd say 
given how little goals we score, especially away from home, they might be thinking about it and thinking, well, we've not been great all season, but looking at this Gillingham side and the record they've got away at teams who haven't been in the best of form, they might just think, if they just come out now to sit back for the rest of the game and to, and to just have that and have the win, and that could real be a real possibility, and that's what's been really frustrating with us in away games this season against these sides. We tend to create chances, miss them, concede one chance and lose the game or, you know, multiple chances if you look at Walsall and, and Tranmere, for example. So even though they're a poor side, I reckon Troy Deedy is probably looking at that and saying, you know, we might only need one to get the job done and that's that's obviously the big worry. Well, that was the thing, wasn't it, in the other the other day where Clements, Clements made an, an alarming, alarming comment in the press conference and I don't know if anyone noticed it where he said, well, more often than not, teams that go behind, as in go down, go down one nil, end up losing the game. Which, yes, yes, he's not wrong. But why would you say that in a press conference? I just don't understand it. Certainly, when we've got we've got a problem this season, where that is our problem is that when we go down a goal or we go down 1-0 or we go down 2-1 or whatever it is, we can't seem to claw the game back. Why then would you highlight that in a press conference and sit there and say, well, yeah, we go down there, we go down a goal and more often than not, we lose a game. And he seemed to highlight the fact of it's normal for it to happen. Yeah, OK, more often than not, it does happen. But why would you say that if it's a mental problem that the players clearly have? That's clearly an inexperienced thing, I think. You know, I've, I've watched his press conference today. I've, I've, I've seems... got a matter of that first one. I don't know if you realised. Um, yeah, it's not something you should say. We all know about it. The players will know about it themselves, albeit they haven't acted on it. Um, but they will be aware of it. They can't not be. And yeah, I didn't like that he singled it out because I think the, maybe he didn't mean for it to sound the way it did, but it sort of came across to me as he's saying that these group players aren't capable of doing it, which if you're playing that dressing room, you're probably listening to that and thinking, well, he doesn't have much faith in us. So what? why should I believe that everyone else in the squad can do it as well? Because, you know, it's happened time and time again this year. We all, we all know, we've all seen it, but you don't highlight that kind of thing. You, you make it a, a private word in the changing room, which he may, he may well have done. I'm not saying he hasn't, but instead of saying, you know, alluding to the fact perhaps that we aren't a good enough team to come back and that just either come out in the press and say we need to improve it we're going to improve it or you know don't just don't phrase it the way it is and, and tell the players privately that again he probably has done this you'd expect but just say that it needs to change and work out ways how to change it rather than go out in, in the public and and do that the way he did maybe you know maybe I could say it's a bit of naivety from him in a press conference because he wouldn't have done many as a head coach perhaps but yeah, I think you see the difference in experienced managers and managers coming into the first roles in terms of not media trading per se, but just sort of knowing the right things that should be said publicly and ones that are better off just kept in the change room, I think. Yeah. Um, let's move on to a couple of players then. Um, we'll try and get Matt back in as soon as we possibly can. Um, yeah, let's let's get on to a couple of players. Obviously, um, one was spoken at the start of the week Owen, but Conor Mahoney expected to stay until until definitely the end of the season. Um, yeah, what's your thoughts on Conor? Because 
he's, in my opinion, he it's very 50-50. He can be, he will be involved in everything good we do, but then there'll be times where he will completely go missing in a game and we don't see him at all. Um, and so, yeah, what, yeah, what are your, what are your thoughts on Connor? I think he is definitely inconsistent, but I think he's our best attacking creative player. Um, not seen anywhere near enough from Johnny Williams um, this season. He's got a bit better since Clemens has come in, but even so, it's nothing extravagant that really takes your breath away. Um, not that you expect someone to do that in League 2, but you expect better standards for a player of his quality. George Lapsley the same, not done particularly well this season, in my opinion. But Connor, although he's consistent, he's someone who can at least make something happen on the, on the flip of a coin. He can have that creativity, can have that spark. He needs to do it more regularly. He needs to be less inconsistent. But, you know, I always say in particular that you know, we, we often get the ball around the edge of the box, pass, 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 lose the ball, don't know what to do, make the wrong decision. But at least he's someone who, you know, if he gets a bit of the, just that little inch of space, he's going to take it and take the shot on. And sometimes, you know, it'll go well. Sometimes we've seen him hit into, high into the bottom wall, but then we've also seen times where he's put into the back of the net. So I like players who can who can take that chance and not be afraid to do it because we don't have a lot of them. And yeah, I think it's just a consistency issue. I, I was never worried about him not staying for the rest of the season because... He wouldn't be able to go on loan to anywhere else anyway, and I didn't really see Huddersfield having him in 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 their squad at this moment in time. So I think he was always going to stay anyway. But um, which just to put to bed the people who you know I've seen on forums who think Harris might come in for him, he, they can't because he under the rules he can't play for more than a one uh, two teams of the season. Um, and he's already played for Huddersfield and obviously us. But it's just a consistency thing with Connor. Maybe you know when the window comes around and there's better players around him, he might find a bit more. A bit more spark and a bit more creativity for a longer period than he has done. But again, he's someone who I'd still want on the pitch from, from the start position because I think it would give me optimism that there's going to be a player who's going to be able to create something. I don't think we have enough of them. Yeah, Matt, going back to um, just going back to the Stevie Clements comment um, in terms of going the goal behind, um, I think, yeah, we, we, we lost you before we had a chance to come back to you. Yeah, just give us your thoughts on it, mate. Yeah, I think that's uh, just inexperience in terms of press conferences, and and that, I said I, I I listened to his press conference today. Um, he, I don't know; it seemed a bit more. Um, uh, he he was definitely holding back on some of the comments a lot more. So, yeah, I think again, it's just him learning ultimately, and. It's one of those things we've got an experienced kind of coach at the helm. Okay, so doing these kind of things. Sorry, I mean he's not an inexperienced coach, but um, doing these kind of things and it's something he's got to get used to. Plus, there are always some very weird comments thrown at him at the end. Yeah, what about what about Conor Mahoney? What are your what are your thoughts on Conor? Matt. Oh, we've lost you again. Okay. Uh, Owen, we'll step... We'll, we'll, oh, we'll, we'll, oh, we'll, sorry. sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm just playing up. Uh, yeah, no, Colin Mahoney, yeah, if Brad's listening, please get your checkbook out. Uh, I, I love him. Brad is Brad isn't here, mate. Uh, he's not. Oh, it's a shame. Uh, I'd love him to say he is a quality player, but to be honest, I do think he's too good for, for, for League uh, 2. Uh, so unless we go up uh, at the end of this season, I can't see him staying. Okay, Owen. Um, next player I want to come to you about. Um, 
Sean Williams. Um, he was mentioned. He was mentioned this week by by Steve Clements um, about he remains part of the plans. Um, he hasn't he hasn't featured too much. I think he's played like one half, maybe under Steve Clements so far since he's come in. Um, and basically, Clements mentions about the fact that when he's on the bench, um, more often than not, they're going to turn to attacking substitutions. Um, yeah, what's your what's your stance with? With Sean Williams and and he's I guess his future at the football club. Um, I don't I don't really have much of an opinion on him to be honest. Um, he's obviously coming very handy towards the back end of the last season and some moments this season earlier on in the, in the Harris reign regime where he picked up a good good few late winners for us. But you know it's not really what he's there for. But obviously we're glad he did. Um, um, I don't, yeah, I don't see him getting many minutes from now until the, the season, especially with Tim Deang now being fit as well and. You know, who knows what we've got to look towards in the uh, in the window. Um, wouldn't surprise me if we did go back. If we did go to Cambridge, to be honest, just to go back with Neil again, because I'm sure Neil, if he was offered the chance to shine, Sean wouldn't wouldn't say no because he knows he's a reliable head and he knows he's one of his boys. If you like, so that wouldn't surprise me, even if it was just to be a substitute, or he might even retire. Um, you know, he could be at that point where if he f- realizes he's not going to be in Clements' plans, he's not going to get many minutes. He might just think, well, at my age. Do I need to sign for another club? Do I need to do this? Probably not. Um, you can look back on it. Played international football with Ireland and obviously had a good career in the EFL. So I don't think there's anything he needs to prove to himself or to anyone. He, he could probably quite happily just call it a day now and you know look back on it. What was a what was a good career? And I don't think anyone would would really blame him if he did that. I don't see where he really fits in with what we do at the minute. Um, you know, last last time I saw him play properly was that horror show at Warsaw, wasn't it? And that didn't cover himself in glory. So, yeah, he's he's probably a player that you know he's done a right for us in terms of what he first signed into now. But if it was to be announced that he's he's leaving in January or he's retiring in January, I you know wish him well with no no ill thought or anything. But I wouldn't be you know particularly devastated or anything like that. I think it'd probably be best for all parties at this point. Yeah, Matt. What about you? Your thoughts on on Sean? Look, I've always liked Sean. I think he, yeah, he's been a great player, and and you know what, he, he's he's been here what eighteen months, two years. He's you know he's done a real good job for for us as a as a player. And if he was to move on, I wish him all the best. If he was to stay, look, I do think he is a good player to have around the team, especially with the likes of Dom Jeffries and and that and Ethan Coleman in the squad. Look, he might not necessarily get the minutes, but he might also be thinking about his future and he might be thinking, do you know what, I want to become a coach and he might be thinking, I want to work under Stephen Clement. So who knows? If he's going to stay, if he's going to retire, whatever he decides to do, you know, as Owen said, he's had such a brilliant career. You know, he's got he's going to have so, such fond memories to, to look back on. He might want to see that this season. But, you know, as as he said, if he decides to go in January or whatever he decides to do, you know, he, he'll go with my, my, my good wishes. Yeah, I think, if anything, I think if he's going to retire and become a coach, it'll be under Harris at Cambridge. Considering he's not taking any of his coaching staff there with him and he's using the club's coaching, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Williams rocked up as a player coach up at Cambridge. Um, yeah, next one who's... who's um, I guess pushing towards the end of their career um, is Glenn Morris, and he again was spoken about in in the week um, by Clements in terms of the fact of he's still pushing for the number one spot. Um, 
and and the fact of Clements has said he's a great he's great around the squad. He's been fantastic um, here for a while. He's player of the year last year, obviously, and I can see in training he's still a very very good goalkeeper. He's great for Jake. He helps he helps Jake. Um, I've seen some number ones and twos where they don't always connect, but they do them to do. Um, yeah, and he's still basically performing on the training ground, um, and he's he's not here to make make up the numbers. I mean, what's your stance on on Glenn? Um, yeah, would you would you potentially put him back in? Would you would you replace that department, or or do you think Jake's doing a, a good enough job? Um, I don't think I'll put him in yet. I think these next few games will determine our season and with that comes changes, whether it be in the market or players we already have because, you know, like you said earlier about these next three games, we could put us into a great position. It could equally put us out of the race altogether, I think, in my opinion. So we have to get it right and, and if we don't get it right, it might be a case of, you know, we'll, we'll probably be too far off really at that point anyway, although a lot of things can change. Where Clemens looks at it and thinks he wants to make changes, play maybe players who haven't played a lot this season, and obviously Morris would fit that quota. Um, again, he's he's. I, I appreciate that he wants to play still at his age. It'd be very easy for someone in his forties who's had a great career to sort of just be happy having a pay packet and just not doing too much. But I appreciate he still wants to play. Um, he could probably feel quite under are done by in some aspects this season where Turner's not had a great game and. He's still maintained his place. Um, I do think Turner's been generally for decent enough this season. I think he was poor last week. I think both goals he could do better with. Firstly, the kick out um, was a poor one. Malone shouldn't have kept it in. But again, doesn't start with ones from area. I think that Cook free kick is quite central for where it ended up. And I think he probably should have saved that as well. But this season in general, I think he's done quite well. But it, again, you know, you always hear players are picked on merit and if players make mistakes, they come out and we don't really see that very often. It's often said by managers, but you don't see it too often, especially at this level. And I think that's where Morris is probably a bit frustrated that there's been games where Turner's not been at his best and he's not been able to come in and, and you know, take his place. And, you know, I can't see at this moment in time for as long as Turner's fit, Morris taking his place. But again, if these next few games don't go well and, you know, Turner's at fault potentially for a few of them, I wouldn't be against Morris coming in because I think it'd be a reason to freshen it up. But again, these these three games or four games, I should say, in this period are, are good enough for me to find, to find what happens with us this season. So we'll have to see. Matt, what about you with Glenn? Do you know what? Again, he's he's been brilliant, and look, we do see it on a Saturday. If you actually watch the players when they're taking their shots at Glenn, you know he's still pulling off some great saves, and he's still got a love and passion for the game, and he still wants to be around, and that's that's one of the key things. And I, I think I think he's great. I think he's essential actually as well for for Jake Turner's career. Would I? necessarily drop him and I understand you know uh, Glenn would be you know chomping at the bits to want to be playing in games and you know hopefully we'll be able to you know you know, get him a few more games before the end of the season but I just feel at the moment Jake has kind of got that number one jersey and we have got two great goalkeepers on our books but for me Jake is the number one at the moment and I I, I wouldn't I, can't, I don't know even if we have a sort of bad run of games I can't see it being changed and it's no offense you know nothing about Glenn he was you know he was our he was our sort of servant last year and he was our, our rock at the back and you know sort of kept us up but 
yeah, for me, I just think at the moment, you know, it, it would take an absolutely diabolical game from Jake to be to be able to be dropped. Okay, let's move on to Saturday then. It is Forest Green that we travel to tomorrow. tomorrow um, yeah, they've not won since the twenty eighth of October um, in the league, as such. Um, Owen, give us your thoughts ahead of it. Um, firstly, I don't know why it is tomorrow because I, I've looked at the fixtures and I saw thinking everyone was playing tomorrow, but I've got a few games on Saturday as well, so I'm not really sure how that works itself. I think I think it might be a case of like if you ask for, for permission because of the Boxing Day game. So I can imagine if both teams agree, they probably allow you to do it. Well, I bet, I bet, I bet they're regretting that because they're not allowed to play a game on Tuesday, but that's yeah. no problem. Yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah uh, it's a tough one, really. Um, as much as I've talked about Clements and, you know, saying what you said, I think it's not all on him. Um, I think the players have to take a lot of responsibility. Um, I've got a big issue with the fact that they seem to happily turn up in cup competitions, put in great performances like they did against Charlton and then play the way they did against Bradford. That can't be the way this team works. You can't pick and choose when you turn up. So there's players who have to show a bit of bottle and show, show that they are here to be winners. And, you know, it sounds cliche, but that's the fact of the matter. They can't just think, come into a game and think, yeah, I'll play well today and think, yeah, maybe I won't, won't try as hard today. Not that I don't think they try hard, but I think, you know, you know, there's a big disparity between the performance against Charlton and the one we saw against Bradford and, and other examples this season. And that has to be the level that Charlton game. Otherwise, we're going to be stuck in League 2 again next year, which no one wants to be, although I think it probably is the case. Um, but, but yeah, normally, I think if you're asking me, not they would be. But if you ask me, like a random team, say, "What did you think? What do you think of?" Um, I, I don't know who's a, who's a random team in this league. Barrow going to uh, Forest Green, right? Yeah, they're beating Cunsby. Forest Green on a good side. When it's with us, you know, you know they're going to have a chance because that's just the way we are. Uh, <clears throat> new regime for them, although not a really inspiring one. Home game against a team that they know aren't going to score a lot of goals. I think they'll be up for it. I think they'll know that, and I think that's dangerous for us. Um, but we have to, we have to get this this hoodoo of away games against poor teams just out of the system. It just has to happen. Tranmere game, we were terrible, um, deservedly lost against another poor side. Walsall, another poor side, got absolutely battered. And you know, this countless examples. Doncaster. Somewhat unlucky, you could say, due to the goals, the nature of the you know the indirect free kick and a, a screamer from Ben Close, you could argue. But again, shouldn't be losing that game because we missed a lot of chances. Um, <clears throat> we we can't afford to lose this game. I, I know some people like to bang the drum of every any point away from home is a good point. I, I don't agree with that in certain degree. In certain examples, a point away at Stockport or Barrow is a good point. A point away at a Tranmere or a Forest Green is not a good point. It's three points drops as far as I'm concerned. If you want to achieve anything in this division, you can't be going to teams like this, getting a draw and thinking it's a good result, an acceptable result, because it isn't, in my opinion. You've got to win these games. Otherwise, you know, what chance have you got? If we can't win this game, you know, what what reason do any of us have to be optimistic about winning another game at home this season? That sounds dramatic, but if you can't do it against these sort of teams, who can you do it against? And, you know, I just... <laughs> I just don't really know what to think about it because you never know what sort of Gillingham are going to turn up. We had two weeks off prior to the Bradford game. We thought that would give us a boost. didn't give us a boost. They had two weeks off Bradford and it certainly gave them a boost. So we'll have to see. They played a game a few days ago as well, you know, just to add to the, the fuel to the fire. There, there's n- n- zero excuses for us 
not winning this game. I know they've got a new management team, but it's not one that inspires me. It's not something that we should be using as an excuse. We have to win this game. If we don't win this game, there are, there are big, big questions that need to be asked. And I think a lot of people will, will feel the same about that. I know a lot of people, <clears throat> as I mentioned, are happy with a draw no matter who we play. But I think a lot of people also, if we go to Forest Green and we don't pick up three points, will not be happy. And I, I count that as in, not just if we lose, but even if we draw, it's a terrible result, in my opinion. We have to win. Matt, how did you feel heading into tomorrow night? There's one saving grace I'm thinking about, and that was a stat that I saw, that Forest Green are the uh, second lowest scorers in the league. Oh, um, yeah, that was right. But we're the lowest scorers in the league. <sighs> Honestly, I, I, as I said, like, I really, really do worry because, as I said, it depends on what team does turn up. If it's that team that turned up against Charlton, if we start picking that ball around, getting it into the box, we will score goals, I think, tomorrow and hopefully not be the lowest scorers in the league. But if we turn up like we did against Bradford and sort of don't really get into the game and don't get started, I, I just feel that it's, you know, it feels like it's got 1-0 written all over it, but to who? <laughs> you know, I said it in the live show, I'll say it again. As long as as long as long we stop turning these losses and at least turn them into a point, that's the key thing here. If we go a goal down, I don't care if they score in the first 30 seconds because they've got that new manager bounce. We have to fight and fight and fight until the end, not give up after 70 minutes. You know, we... OK, look, we had a go at Bradford. You know, we almost went 1-0 up. But, yeah, Jake Turner, terrible ball, bad control by Malone, Bradford score, and that's it, our heads drop. We can't do that against a team sitting 23rd in this league. If we want to go up, tomorrow we need to make a statement of intent. We need to go out there, play like we did against Charlton, score some goals, get three points, and then this run of games, this is this is so crucial to our season, this run of games coming up afterwards. We can get a good result tomorrow night and get a good result in the next three games coming up. But another, you know, literally another nine points, ideally, we're going to be right up there and we're, we're going to forget about these bad run of results we've had and we're going to think everything's rosy and we're going to move on. But, but it needs to start tomorrow night and we need to go there with that same tenacity, that same intensity that we had against Charlton. And if we do, we'll come out victors. But if we don't, I really do fear for us. Yeah, Owen, I mean, what team would you go with them for tomorrow? Um, tough to say, really. Um, I think Turner stays in goal. Um I haven't actually seen Mackenzie play since he's come back in because I wasn't at Charlton. Obviously, didn't play. Uh, didn't play a good Bradford um, Barrow game. I was working for Bradford games. So I've actually seen a lot in the recent weeks. Um, yeah, Mackenzie, I'd keep it right back. Uh, I'm gonna have a shocking one for you in a minute. Sorry, uh, Aimer and Ogie. Um, Aimer Ogie. Oh, Masterson. Sorry. Um, although. I think Ogie might come back in at some point soon with this festive period just because of how in close proximity all the games are. They might switch it about. Um, Max Clark, that left-back, I as much as he's a friend of the channel and we, we like him very much, I don't think Malone's been great in recent weeks. Um, and I think Max Clark's 
not played many games. I know there's you know been some questionable comments about him when he has played, even though he's only played a limited amount. But I think he's someone who's deserved more of a chance this season. He's just very unlucky that Scott Malone's a player ahead of him. And I think I'd, I'd give him a start tomorrow. Again, it's probably a position that's going to change over the next few days because of the close proximity of uh, of games together. But I would give Max Clark a game. I think he deserves another chance. And, you know, like I said earlier, when players aren't playing well, there's arguments they should be taken out. And I think that's probably something that we could aim at Scott Malone as much as, you know, all, all good friends of him. Um, then I'd say Timmy and Coleman as the two in the middle. Then I'd go... I bring Jaden Clark back in on the left, um, just for a bit more directness and dynamism against a team who's low, uh, low in the table. I think it could be useful. The same with Conor Mahoney on the other side. Then I'd probably go with. That's one of the problems I've got with this, with this team in general. Really, is I'd say I've, we've got a ten position there, and we've got a lot of tens, but I don't think there's really many of them you could say you really want to play, which is a bit of an issue because you know you look at it on paper, you think George Lapsey, and you think. Johnny Williams, two really good options you'd think on paper, but they haven't played that way so far this season. Um, I would actually drop um, Tom Nichols into the 10. I think I've liked him there at times this season, uh, last season more so than this, but I think he's someone who's going to be a good player to have in the middle if the ball drops to him. You want somebody who's a good well, a striker, which he is, to get on the end of the balls in the box. And I think he can be a good creative spark as well. And I just don't think Williams and Lapsy have been good enough in, in recent weeks to to really state that that position as their own. I think I'd, I'd bring Nichols into play in that 10. And then I'd actually probably start with Macaulay Bon. Um, again, contentious player, someone I think he's been very much underrated this season so far. I think I'd give him, give him the start in berth. And then, you know, I'd keep Ollie Hawkins on the bench for now. Um, he's only just come back, obviously. But again, like I said earlier, of all these games coming close together, he's probably going to get his opportunity. But I think we need to not rush him because... We might end up in a in a difficult situation if he manages to make the injury worse after having to wait so long to come out. But that'll be my team. Um, yeah, a few changes, but still should be more than enough to win. Okay, Matt. Any idea of a team you'd go for? Yeah, so I'd been pondering this the other day, and um, I'm 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 kind of of the formation of playing. Hear me out. A uh, Sort of a three four one two. Um, so Jake Turner in goal, uh, back three of um, Conor Mah- uh, so Conor Moss and Max Amar, Shadoji. I then go for sort of a midfield four of Conor Mahoney uh, and Sh- uh, Scott Malone out wide, uh, with Ethan Coleman and Tim Dieng sitting in the middle, and actually kind of like um, uh, Owen's done there. I've, I'd go with Tom Nichols kind of in that. 10 role because I kind of like him but I would also go with Macaulay Bond and Ollie Hawkins up top that is very 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 attacking <laughs> very attacking so so so, so and, 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 yeah so my my, my my issue is we've said it and he's even said it in his press conferences you know we need to score goals well there's your lineup that's going to get your goals and I just feel with with Max Amar at the back, with Marston and OG alongside him, I think that is defensively solid solid enough that if anyone was to have a breakaway on us, that we've got enough cover there to to make sure we're sorted. I what? think if we 
if we need to prove we can score goals, Forest Green are are terrible at the back. Let's go at them. My only worry would be Conor Mahoney as the as the the right the right wing back because he doesn't every time he's asked to defend and help Shea out, he's not exactly been the greatest at doing it. So. Well, so it, my, my thinking of playing kind of like a three-four-one-two. So with that four being Tim Dieng and Ethan Coleman, you've kind of got Ethan Coleman can kind of help out on that left hand side defense, right hand side defensively. Tim Dieng, uh, Tim Dieng can help out on the left hand side defensively, dropping back. So it kind of does then free Scott Malone and Connor Mahoney to think more forward-minded and then more into the middle of the pitch, receiving that ball and what to do next. And then again, I, you know, I think um, I kind of agree with Owen. I, I just feel Tom Nichols playing in that ten, though. Again, that Ollie Hawkins and Tom Nichols partnership worked wonders last year. Let's see if it can still work. And look, we need to score goals. Let's go out there and score goals. One thing also about Tom as well. I don't think he's been good this season. I think he's it's been really poor, to be honest. Um, well below standards, but he said it himself and his, his stats back it up. He does tend to hit form in the second half of the season after Christmas. So, you know, we saw what he did when he joined us in January. So if that is the case, he's going to be very useful for us. It might not happen the same way it has in the past, but he does generally have a very good record in the second half of the season. So we've got to hope that that, uh, that comes to fruition again. Yeah, OK. Um, let's get your score predictions then. Owen? Uh, you want my honest one? Yeah, yeah, of course. Don't lie. <laughs> I think we're going to lose 2-1. <sighs> okay. I've, I've got to say, that is really optimistic, Owen, because you think there's going to be more than one goal in this game? Well, yeah, <laughs> but like, two, two, low restore, two low scores is probably quite likely to finish 4-4, just because... You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, can't, I don't. I don't. I think it's the first time this season I've actually said we're going to lose. Even when we played Stockport opening day, I said we'd win, and we did. I just, I just can't get away from how poor we've been away this season, and I've not seen anything in recent away performances in terms of gradual improvement that says to me that we're going to overturn that, even against a team as bad as Forest Green, because Forest Green are where Doncaster were at the time. They are just below where. Tranmere were at the time and I, I predicted wins in those games thinking we'd turn it around and we didn't so I've, I've just not been given a reason to think otherwise but obviously I hope I'm I hope I'm very very much wrong Matt what are you going to go for then? Right hear me out I need to give you three scores here because this is, this is the three different, no 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 the three different but if, if this was the, the real EFL me it would be stats based it would be this it's is the one not the EFL you the podcast would <laughs> it would be well. Hang on. It would be one nil. You know, it's it's that say it's going to be one nil. But who to? Who knows? If it was the you know the me seven me, yeah, we're going to spank them four nil. Oh, that's what we should spank them. But look, realistically, I, I kind of feel it's going to be a tight game. I th- I do generally think if a team's going to win it, it's going to be one nil. But I I feel it's going to be one nil to us. Okay. Okay. All right, we'll, we'll wrap it up there tonight then. Um, yeah, well, the the next four games could make or break Gillingham's season. Um, we'll, have to, we'll have to wait and see. The Jules travels to Forest Green tomorrow night um, in what, yeah, I guess um, it's potentially a must-win, maybe. 
Um, but anyway, of course it is. Yeah, I think it is. Potentially, yeah, every, well. every game's a must-win game. Oh, yeah, I should well. just, just say, James. Um, I'll I'll be. Because it's tomorrow the game, isn't it? I'll be doing a um shoot because everyone's gonna watch on for iPhone you default and the game's gonna finish not too late, so I'll be doing the podcast tomorrow night <clears throat> rather than uh, rather than Saturday. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um also a special mention to um Grit Consultancy as well. They've um they've sponsored the podcast for the rest of the season. Um you'll notice that Grit are on the back of the shorts. Um of the of, of the playing kits and they've uh, extended their sponsorship into the podcast now. Grit Consultancy provides IT support um, and hosting services in London and the South East. Partnering with Grit lets, the, lets you focus on your core business safe technology and that your IT is taken care of. So anything IT, give Grit a call and they will um they will they will help you out. Uh, so thank you very much to Grit for sponsoring us for the rest of the season. Um, yeah, so uh. Post-match pod with Owen will be on Friday night after the game. Let's hope um, he and the boys are reviewing a Gillingham win. Um, as always, good night.